Three to Us on Blessed Mother Teresa by Father Leo Marsburg, who accompanied Mother Teresa on numerous trips. The young people, especially in their application, they write, I want a life of poverty, prayer and sacrifice that will lead me to the service of the poor. On the 26th of August, 1910, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, the Blessed Mother Teresa of Calcutta, saw the light of this world in Skopje, which today is Macedonia. She was an ethnic Albanian. She did not live on the territory of today's Albania, but she was born in Skopje, she grew up in Skopje, and from Skopje, on the 26th, of September 1928, she went directly to Ireland to the Loreto sisters to join the community. She had a wonderful family, she always pointed out. And then she underwent a whole training which let her become a religious, a real religious, a nun. And I think that's an important point that we must not forget that she was a well-trained religious before Jesus turned to her with a special request. And that special request turned Mother Teresa into a personality of which John Paul II said, in Mother Teresa we meet one of the most important personalities of history. She was not just a saint, a saint amongst others. I believe she was a millennium saint, at least, and maybe even more. When she spoke to the UN, Perez de Cuella, the General Secretary at that time, he welcomed her by saying, I welcome the most powerful woman in the world. And then he said, she is the UN. And I believe that this is what the outcome of that special vocation Jesus gave her, but he prepared her also for that vocation of the 10th of September 1946 because already in 1942 Mother Teresa did a special vow, a private vow, which said, I will never say no to Jesus. And she took that very seriously because she said, sub grave, that means under heavy obligation, she will never say no to Jesus. And I remember in the years I accompanied her, she was already in her late 70s and 80s, from time to time she said, Father, if we do it this way, this is not what Jesus wants. And I've never said no to Jesus. And in my old days, I will not start doing it. So, how beautiful if somebody can say, I've never said no to Jesus. I believe this is the stuff saints are made out of. But Jesus takes these vows seriously, and so on the 10th of September 1946, when Mother Teresa went on a retreat to Darjeeling, to a place not far from the Himalaya, she had a clarity in her heart, and she felt these words, I thirst. I thirst were the last words of Jesus on the cross. And she immediately understood that the meaning of these words was not just the thirst for a glass of water. For sure there was an incredible 
uh, heat and, and, and Jesus had lost lots of liquid and lots of blood. So he must have suffered tremendously. But he understood that, that I thirst. As St. John says, very, very meaningfully, he says, when everything was completed. Jesus said, in order to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. Now the Jesus' clarity was, this is not the thirst for a glass of water only. It's the thirst for the love of his creatures. It's the God, the Son of God, who in the last and supreme moment of his suffering, just before dying, gives us his whole testament again. I thirst. I long for your love. And that request by Jesus would lead the rest of the light of Mother Teresa. And she answered immediately, I quench. Jesus, you thirst for love, and I quench your love. And she found out also in the first few months, how could she quench the thirst of Christ? Only, as we hear in Matthew 25, 26, whatever you did to the least of your brethren, you did it to me. And that she taught to children. She sometimes lifted the hand of a child and said, put out your five fingers. You did it to me. That contains the whole of the gospel. How can we love Jesus? We can love him only in our brethren and our sisters. And Mother Teresa had a special occasion to love him in the poorest of the poor. And from time to time she said, from Jesus to Jesus. From Jesus in the Eucharist to Jesus in the poorest of the poor. For her, it became more and more the same Jesus. And she also said, we can love Jesus in the way we deal with him, the way you look at people, the way you talk to people, the way you smile at people, that is the sign whether you love them. And if you see Jesus in them, it will be easy for you to love them. And that, that was the first, I would say, the first triangle. Jesus in the Eucharist, Jesus in the poorest and the poor, and Mother loving Jesus in both of them. And I remember one instance when Mother Teresa accompanied us into the home for the dying. And she said, you know, through that home of the dying, already 80,000 people went through the home. About 50,000 died. And none of them without a ticket to heaven. And the ticket to heaven was baptism. And one of the people accompanying her said, but mother, how, how could you baptize the people? They didn't know anything about Jesus. And mother said, no, they didn't know anything about the catechism. But I always ask them whether, when they die, whether they want to go to that God who has sent the sisters to them. And none of them said no. And I thought, at the first moment, that's a very good answer. But then in the second thought, you see the depth of the answer. Because what is the most important? The most important is to learn to love. That's the whole message of Christianity. How can we love God? We can love Him in our brothers and sisters. And so these dying people, they've learned that somebody loved them. And Mother Jesus kept quoting a dying old man who said, Mother, I have lived like an animal in the gutter. Now I'm dying, loved and cared for like an angel. And he died with a beautiful smile, she always added. This was precisely what she wanted to do. She wanted to give the poor the dignity of children of God. Because she said, doesn't matter race, doesn't matter religion, doesn't matter which ideology you have. 
we are all children of God created to love and to be loved. And this she wanted to lead us to. And when she took one of the dying from the roads of Calcutta into the house for the dying, the first thing she would do, she would write his name into a book. Not because she had interest in statistics, but because she wanted to give that person the dignity. Out in the gutter, he had no name. He was just a throwaway of society, as she called it. But when he came into the room, immediately he was a person with a name and with a religion. And she would respect this religion fully. She would say, when he dies, we will bury him according to his right. If he was a Muslim, he was buried like a Muslim. If he was a Hindu, he was burned. And the sisters would even pay for it. So there was a full respect for that person, also for his religion. But she wanted to give him that free gift, what she called the ticket to heaven. And I believe that's very beautiful, because in this she did precisely what Jesus asked her to. Bring the poor to me, and bring me to the poor. And this was what she did her whole life long. Giving the poor the dignity of children of God. Lonely, the unwanted, the unloved. And we tried to bring Jesus to them. By involving them in the service of the poor. By our presence and our They must be able to look up and see Jesus in us. And also I believe in helping them to come in touch with the poor because the poor give us much more than we give to the poor. And I think there is a second side to Mother Teresa which we have to mention. She was, as I said, a well-trained religious. And she also said in a conversation with Jesus, she said, Jesus, why don't you choose another nun? There are many, many religious who are much more intelligent, clever than me, and I'm sinful and, and I'm incapable. And Jesus said, yes, I know that you're sinful and incapable, but that's why I've chosen you, so that you will never believe that this is your work. You will always say it's my work. And this is really what she did. I remember in Guatemala, a journalist said, Mother Jesus, you're doing so wonderful things. She said, it's his work. Immediately. She always said, it's his work. She never attributed anything to herself. And so she had that particular vocation to the poorest of the poor. And she wanted to relieve them from their suffering, from their sickness, from their hunger, from the loneliness. But she once said, what we do would be only social work. But we are not social workers. We are missionaries. We are carriers of God's love. So what is, what is lacking? The social working is good and necessary. But what is lacking is our suffering. We have to labor for the poor. We have to offer up our suffering for their redemption. Because we don't want to save only their body. We want to save them as a whole person, body and soul. And so to bring them back to God, we also have to offer our own sufferings for them. And God took her also in this very seriously, because already in the early 50s, she experienced what the church knows as the dark night of the soul. And that dark night of the soul is a tremendous suffering, because the person who is so close to God, and so in love with God, experiences suddenly that God withdraws himself from that person. St. John of the Cross describes that state very beautifully. 
and he himself suffered for a year and a half that absence of God in his life. And he says it's a tremendous suffering. Also Therese of Avila shared that absence and the little Therese. But Mother Teresa had that absence for 35 years. And at the beginning she didn't understand and she thought that she had done something wrong. But there was a Jesuit father, Father Neuner, who explained to her the mystery of the dark night of the soul. When God is so linked, so close to a person, that practically nothing separates that person from him, then he allows that person to, to do a second step. And that means to start collaborating for the redemption of the world. And that redemption of the world, Jesus himself lived it and gave us the example and he went through and he said, Father, Father, why have you abandoned me? That loneliness was also shared by Mother Teresa. And I believe that it is also a charism of the congregation and I suppose that many of the sisters in the congregation will have similar experiences. Because it's part of that redeeming the whole poor body and soul. And then that night of the soul has a, had a second effect. It attracted, sometimes with big misunderstandings, the interest of the world, because the world is curious. And so they said, ah, Mother Teresa has, has lost her faith. No, she has not lost her faith, but she has experienced that absence, the distance from God, similar to big sinners. Because when a person sins a lot, he removes himself from God's presence by sinning. And Mother Teresa did not sin, but she suffered that distance between her and God as a redemptive suffering for the sinners. And she said one day, she wrote actually, I don't know what the bigger suffering is, whether God withdraws him from myself or my constantly growing longing for God. She loved God so much that longing for her was the bigger suffering than the absence of God. And so one can see, that's what the sinner doesn't have. The sinners don't long for God, but he flees from God. And so with that longing, somehow Mother Jesus made up for that leaving God, that fleeing God of the sinners. And it also has another aspect that the poverty, when somebody dies of hunger, he not only loses the sense for reality, but he also loses the sense of company. He's a complete outcast. He's completely left out from all the others. He doesn't, as if he doesn't belong to the society anymore. But Jesus said, throw away of society. And that loneliness goes hand in hand with an absence, with the sensitivity or the sensation of absence of God. And so she says, the poor man also has to be redeemed from that absence of God. And God took that seriously, and we know the fruit today, we celebrate it today, 100 years of her birth. She is the Blessed Mother Teresa, and probably she will be canonized soon. That is the sanctity which shows the whole mystery of redemption, sin and redemption. And I believe that we can pray and venerate Mother Teresa precisely for this, to help us to collaborate in the redemption of the world. I believe that on her feast day, this is the biggest wish which I want to express. When we celebrate the memory of her death on the 5th of September, we can even liturgically invoke that favor from her to be able to collaborate for the redemption of the world.